Hey, welcome to the high one. It is um, Tuesday, April 6th. I almost forgot what day it is. <laughs> it's one of those days already, I think. Uh, it is. Um, having some laptop issues, and forgive me, I'm a little bit just discovered it probably three minutes before the show's done, and it might be into my laptop, so <laughs> it's a rough day already. But, yeah, but we're here, and we're going to get through it. It's going to be a good day, so... Oh, man, lots to talk about today. Um, you know, Mondays is now Mike DeWine's big uh, press conference day where he kind of sends the latest in the state's fight against uh, COVID-19. Um, he's saying there's a new order saying, hey, on outdoor events, there's no capacity limit. Um, but masks and distancing are still required. Um, kind of interesting. I'm wondering... Um, Uh, you, you know, here's the thing I'm kind of confused about by here. Uh, there was a troubling scene yesterday, uh, Craig. I'm not sure if you noticed it. Uh, Texas Rangers said, hey, there's no capacity <laughs> on the game. So they had their home opener yesterday, and it was a full stadium. What, what do you think this means for outside stadiums? That's the thing I haven't been able to figure out yet. Yeah, I'm a little confused too because you know I, I think they they were kind of preparing for you know like the upcoming holiday parades and things like that. I don't know that they really accounted for you know outdoors because you know obviously teams want to fill their their stadiums as much as possible. I don't necessarily think that this would apply so much to the Indians because they don't usually draw many fans. But you know you're only a few months away from football season starting you've got ohio stadium which can hold a hundred you know hundred thousand people in in columbus and then of course the browns and Bengals are obviously going to want to fill their stadiums if they can but i kind of wonder you know are they you know accounting for social distancing for sporting events as much as they are for you know these outdoor events that you know they were kind of talking about yesterday like raids and things like that yeah I think that's the million-dollar question. Um, boy, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I see a story here in Cleveland.com which says, hey, as the Indians prepare for their home opener under a 10 limit set by DeWine, the governor abruptly changed spectator capacity rules for progressive field and other outdoor venues in Ohio. It's now up to the Indians to readjust based on the new uh, regulations which eliminates state rules where outdoor venues can only open at 30% capacity, but require, um, but they also still require spectators to sit in groups of 10 or fewer spaced apart from each other. So I'm reading that to say, I don't think it's going to be like, and you're right, the Indians simply don't draw unless they have a, a great team and they have a slow start this year. But I'm wondering, like the Reds, you know, hey, if the Reds are doing good, the Reds have had a decent start. They're going to get people, you know? And I'm wondering, and, and you know, I got to say, hey, I, I've been supportive of how DeWine has handled this. I like how the fact he's been uh, pretty conservative so far in how he handles it. I just wish there was a little bit more clarity uh, because it says, hey, you you still have to sit in groups of 10 people or fewer spaced apart from each other. Well, what does that mean for a stadium? You know what I mean? Right. 
Yeah, it's going to be a mess. I mean, I, I think we've handled as a state, I think we've handled sporting events pretty well so far. But, you know, we're, we're really less than a couple of months away from this override, you know, of the governor's health orders taking place, which means it conceivably we could have every sports team in, in Ohio say there is no attendance limit and there's no social distancing required. There's no masks required. Um, and that's where it seems like the state legislators are going to go with what the, you know, what they want which means all of this right now could be very moot at, at, at some point very soon because the state legislator might say, well, you don't have to wear masks anymore come June when the override takes place. And, you know, they could say you don't need to be in clusters of 10. You don't need to be, you know, you know, six feet apart from people. Uh, I would hope they would still want to do that, especially if our numbers are still a little high in the state. But, you know, by the fall, if Ohio Stadium wants to be rocking 100,000 people for Ohio State's home opener, they more than likely will be allowed to do so. So um, I'm not sure if these health orders really make a difference when we're about two months away from not really having them anyway. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming oh, that's the override you're saying. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just assuming that's where the state legislature is going to come into play and say, you know, because we've seen a lot of backlash, you know, over the last several months here from from legislators and just people, you know, the leadership in Ohio that just does not want health orders in place or as strict health orders in place. And I think with the vaccine here, with numbers kind of in the decline, it, it's a, it's sort of a tough sell for me and for a lot of people, I think, to, to believe that these health orders are going to stick around once the override takes effect. Yeah, definitely. And, and just to um, add to this, um, the Cleveland.com article talks about how uh, Dan Tierney uh, told Cleveland.com that he, he believes that the capacity will likely remain below pre-pandemic levels because of social distancing rules. Uh, so you're right. I mean, after June, who knows? You know, with the recent override, uh, which says that, in essence, the House and Senate can set the um, health orders. But um, at least for now, uh, they're saying, hey, it's going to be below pre-pandemic levels. So. Don't expect that today's game or probably any time before June that they'll be allowed to have a full stadium in Cleveland right. or Cincinnati. Right. I, I just, you know, and, and, and it's really going to be hard for, for everybody to see it because the Indians and Reds just do not draw a lot of fans. Uh, baseball in general has seen a lot of dips in attendance. The Indians and Reds especially see a, a very bad dip in attendance, especially Cleveland. Um, not just because of the trades of Francisco Lindor, things like that, but do they just they just have not been drawing very well. So it's hard to it's hard to see it right now because right now we're in sort of that attendance lull where we're not really going to see a bunch of people. Although you know the Indians do tend to draw well on holidays and weekends, things like that. So you know it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what it maybe looks like Memorial Day, things like that. But as of yeah, right once now, the gets warmer, and and there are yeah, other yeah. stadiums. Yeah, I mean, the Indians Reds are the, by far the biggest in terms of outdoor stadium, but you've got other minor league teams, you got other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, nothing to panic about. Again, we're not seeing full crowds, but it's something at least to keep in the back of our mind just to, you know, figure out what's best, you know, moving forward for Ohio. Right. Um. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I, I just wish – 
there's a little bit more transparency. And I, I, I'm not saying DeWine's not being transparent, but a little bit more clarity, I guess, is a better word for it. Yeah. Um, and I know probably the argument against that is saying, hey, every stadium's different. Every situation is different. And I, I do get that. But when news people like us are scratching their heads, and, you know, I was off yesterday, but I, I saw some of the <laughs> chatter going on uh, from some of the state reporters, and there, there was some confusion with the state reporters, too. And if there's confusion with state reporters, there's probably confusion with readers or listeners or viewers if you're looking at TV. So, I, I mean, I think that's the thing that I would hope to get a little bit better of. And, you know, they're trying. I'm not saying, you know, DeWine and his team aren't trying, but, yeah, I, I guess that will be my criticism of yesterday. Make it more clear. Uh, we talked uh, with Tyler Buchanan a little bit yesterday, and, you know, that was Tyler's concern with the override. Um, saying, look, you know, it's to a position now where a health order could be set, House and Senate could do away with it. And forget the politics of it. Forget if you're for, you know, mask, anti-mask, whatever the case might be. I mean, it's going to add to confusion. Um, you know, we're not going to know what's going on. So, I mean, I think, you know, let's be a little bit more clear. <laughs> I guess that's my big takeaway, so answer the questions before they need to be asked, I guess, is, you know, that's what these health orders you're hoping for. We want, we don't want to have too many questions after these health orders are announced. And I think, like you said, there's just so much confusion right now with people, the state reporters, which means everybody else is probably confused as to what, you know, is or isn't allowed. But, you know, you want to, the goal should always be to try to have all the questions possible answered before you even release all these, uh, you know, health orders. And I think this, this round just kind of created too much confusion. And I'll tell you, and DeWine was quoted yesterday, according to Cleveland.com saying, Hey, it comes back to common sense. You know, if you're in a festival, you wear a mask. If you're staying in line to get a hot dog, keep a little bit of distance. And I totally get that. And I understand. I, I think sometimes people don't always use common sense, you know, you don't want to be the nanny state where you're you got people at festivals regulating how far away you are, but sometimes you need that because even people don't care or don't think of that stuff. And I gotta be honest, um, family's been out a little bit more, uh, we're not going crazy yet by any means, but when we're out, even though we know it's COVID, sometimes you forget about it, you know. And I'll be honest, you know, sometimes you don't want to think about COVID 24 hours a day. Right. So it's not – yeah, DeWine's right. We, we got to have common sense. But I think there's certain people out there who don't care or there's certain people that just forget, you know, we're human. Right. You know, and my wife gets frustrated when we're talking about COVID all day. Hey, is there anything else we can talk about? But sometimes, <laughs> like, for me, if we're out and we're not thinking about that stuff, I forget. You know, right. it's tough. All right, well, thanks uh, for checking out the Highland. There's always lots of great segments out there. Um, you know, sp- check out our sponsors. Check out, uh, subscribe to us on social media. Check out the Hope Interrupted podcast. Um, episode three drops on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow. I got to finish it up today. It's one of my to do lists. <laughs> so it should be good. So uh, check it all out and uh, try the Hope Interrupted book. Uh, very, very good stuff as well, too. All right. Thanks, Craig. Uh, we'll be back shortly for another segment. Have a great one. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, 
Hope Interrupted that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We're hoping to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.